0: So thank you so much for listening to our series on our students who have made the journey into tech. And today I am going to be chatting with Renita Gidland, who is one of our recent students. And more specifically, I want to talk about her journey from behavior analysis and now into software development and everything in between. So, Renita, hello, hello, and thank you for having this chat. I hope that uh, we have some good little nuggets of knowledge for those of you who are listening. Yes? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Hi, Adam. Thanks uh, for having me on.
0: Yeah, very good. Well, here's the thing. I wanted to start with, we'll call it your origin story. Let us start there. Uh, you know, you have this history and behavioral analysis. You would spent some time doing that. Looks like you worked at Rady's Children's Hospital and many other things and studied that. So I want to ask the motivation question. What is, what kind of draw drew you to change career paths and go more into software development? Was there some overarching motivation, some catalyst? What was, where did that come from?
1: Sure. So, um, I mean, I think it came from many different places, but one of the root things was that I was starting to feel pretty burned out in my field. I had been working with children for over a decade, um, and while I love kids, um, when I became a parent, um, it was a lot being around young kids all of the waking hours of my day, Um, and so I kind of thought about pursuing more of an administrative role in the field that I was in. Um, but that didn't really feel right to me. Um, and so I was just looking everywhere, um, in terms of what can I do next? Like I can't see myself staying in this field that I'm in for the next decade or longer. I just, I feel like I need to make a change. Um, and then kind of what led me to software funny enough is that, um, I'm the kind of person that picks up hobbies, like hobby of the week kind of thing. So I'm always learning something new, it seems. And um, I had found this app um, where I was learning JavaScript just kind of like for fun. It was these little puzzles, like bite sized chunks of like, can you figure out how to solve this puzzle? Um, Crossword puzzles, jigsaw puzzles. Like I'm a very also puzzle-oriented person. So coding kind of was just a fun little not serious thing that I had, um, dabbled in. Um, and then of course, when you Google, how do I make a career change? Um, all of these things about tech boot camps come up, like it's a popular route for making a career change because it is so possible nowadays to, um, get that kind of education in like a fairly short and fairly affordable time frame compared to say going back and getting another master's degree or something like that. So, um, I was like, Oh, you know, this is something that I have some exposure to. I enjoy solving puzzles a lot. Let me look into this more. And then, um, the more I kind of researched, the more I found like, this actually could be really um a doable thing for me um, at first i didn't want to spend money on a bootcamp because like you can get on reddit and see all these people saying you don't need a bootcamp you can just do it yourself just put in the effort in so um for quite a while i was working my full time job and then like trying to come home and teach myself to code at night and um i learned some stuff but i just i didn't have the accountability i didn't have the stick to itness to like really work full time and then come home and parent. And then like between the hours of nine and 11 PM, like actually teach myself to code enough to be at a point where I felt like anyone would take me seriously. Um, but I was really enjoying it. And so, um, then I started looking into like, how can I take this next step? I really think if I can spend my full day just learning to code and not working and completely unrelated job for eight hours of the day, um, I would probably learn a lot faster and a lot more effectively. So that kind of led me to researching boot camps, which led me to learn. I live in San Diego, so, um, I kind of liked that it was local for me. The internship program was really unique. I, I hadn't found any other boot camps that had this kind of internship connection. Um, yeah. And so that is how I sort of, the journey of how I found my way from working with kids who have autism to taking that leap to um, joining a boot camp.
0: So, I want to go back to when you were talking about uh, identifying what I might call an ideal learning style and mm-hmm. kind of fitting it into your life. How big of a hurdle did it feel? Un- identifying and then making the decision that you were going to quit your job, leave that profession and then move full time into something. Given all of that criticism you found on Reddit and, and given all of that kind of that big hurdle of not just paying for a program, but also I'm assuming losing that income as well. Like walk me through where you were at in that place and what Drove you to still push forward and do it anyway?
1: Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, one thing that helped was I felt like if it all failed and it didn't work out, I could always go back. You know, I wasn't going to um, lose my credentials or, you know, it, by doing this, I wasn't necessarily shutting off other options. So that was a comfort to me um, that it wasn't like, I mean, obviously I wanted it to work out because like I said, I was very burned out, but I was like, if if it comes down to it and I just can't cut it, like I could still get a job. Like, you know, this is something that I want to do, but I feel like I have a backup plan, which is good. Um, and it did take some planning. So, um, you know, my husband ended up, he... Kind of changed some things about the way that he was working, um, and we had to make some arrangements with our schedule, and you know, all kinds of different planning factors went into place. But um, in terms of making the big decision, um, I think that really um, a big start part of it too was the jumpstart weekend and feeling like okay there's all this sort of like little pieces of knowledge that I've accumulated trying to teach myself. And then coming into Jumpstart and being like, okay, we're just working on this all day. It felt amazing. And was like, "This um, this is my learning style, like having somebody to talk to, to ask a question to, having teammates to work with being able to dedicate my entire brain space to learning and not, um, be thinking about other stuff since that program happens on a weekend. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just felt right. And it felt at least in my personal situation, um, like I had enough wiggle room to have a fallback in case I failed at it, but (laughs) happily. that.
0: So you weren't fully burning the boats. In other words, it's not like you were, eliminating all options and diving in full steam ahead without an you know without a way to go backwards if necessary right but i'm curious yeah. like how much of that safety net played a role in your decision making process was it it sounds like it must have been pretty significant um or was it more like well I have no, in, like, I'm, I'm bored of that job. I don't want to do that anymore. I have zero intentions to go back. But if I had to, I could. You it know, was more Walk me that, through that. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, so basically, the position that I was in before required this credential, which can you need to renew every two years. So right before I started my boot camp, I like did everything up i don't know the renewal process basically you can put it on hold for 2 years too and so i like prepped everything as if like okay i'm putting it on hold i can come back to it if needed so i did put in a fair amount of like forward front loading with planning and like just want to have all my ducks in a row so that just in case i'm ready but that's i'm like a very Think of all the possible solutions and have a contingency plan for everything, kind of a person. Um, so that was just something I think I needed to do personally to feel comfortable with making that leap forward is like to have sort of a backup plan. Um, but i I do think that once I started the boot camp, it really like then I really felt like this is what I want to be doing. and I really don't want to go to my backup plan. So, I mean, before I actually started the boot camp, I also didn't know what it would be like. You know, I mean, I had an idea of it, but it wasn't until I was maybe a month into it that I was like, this is it. I love this. I want to do this. And, you know, whatever it takes, I'm going to I'm going to make the software career change work because this is so much more my mental health is just so much better than when I was doing my previous career. So yeah, I think it kind of like, it started with like, let me have all my backup plans in place. And then once I was in the middle of it, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like it just took that initial moment of like, okay, I got the fear, but I believe in it. And now I'm feeling it. And now that I feel it, I am certain of it. Like, this is my path, my journey, my way. That's, yeah, a lot of that is similar for me too. I come from an acting background. And for me, I had a handful of big moments where I was really questioning whether or not that was the pursuit I wanted to have in my own life because of aspects of that profession being really rough and tough and questionable, uncertain. You know, I might not be the, Person, you're literally looking for. I might not fit the visual profile, and that could be the difference maker of me putting enough food on the table or not. And that just scared the crap out of me. So, yeah, I can what within this old career path or these other pursuits were you really working to get away from that software development or this role in software is sort of addressing? You talked about mental health there. Um, Were there any other aspects of things that are kind of a driving factor?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I was talking a little bit about um, what some of the things about working in the field of behavior analysis, um, things that I was tired of and what kind of changed about that in the field of software development. So I think specifically like working in human behavior and working with young kids and families, there's just um, a lot of... Gray area. So, you know, the problems that I used to be solving were things like this, this kid seems to be having more tantrums or more intense tantrums and then trying to figure out, okay, like, what are all the variables contributing to this and Of course, you can't know everything. Like, what's going on internally? Are there things happening with the family that we don't know about? And, like, how do you really capture the intensity of a tantrum with data? You know, like, is it the length? Is it the behaviors associated with the tantrum? So, a lot of what I was doing was very analytical and data based, but it just felt very frustrating at times to constantly kind of be working with this very, you know, human behavior is just not something that's black and white. And so the problems that I get to solve now, while, you know, in some ways they feel a little less meaningful where before it was like, Oh, I'm changing people's lives. And now it's like, Oh, my button is working. (laughs) But at the same time, um, it's a relief sometimes not to be so responsible for, the well-being of you know potentially hundreds of people um whose you know the things affecting them are are largely out of my control and code felt very like a relief in the sense that the problem is very black and white the answer is achievable like the computer is everything is right or wrong there's no middle of course there's like you know in any given coding problem there's like a bunch of different solutions to it. And you could get five programmers who all think, no, my way is better. It's more efficient or it's more of this. But ultimately, like if your code works, it works great. Um, And there was something about that, that just after, like I said, working in a really emotionally difficult field for such a long time, it just feels so, I just get that feeling of satisfaction so regularly, like, I fixed it. I fixed it. I made it. I made it like I'm doing things and they're working. And if something's not working, there's an error log. Like it's telling me what the problem actually is. And um, that's just something that I never really got before. There would be problems that were hard to define and solutions that never really felt solved. And um, of course, there's things about it that, that I miss, but it just feels sort of like work is just work and I don't take it home with me nearly as much. And I feel so many more wins um, compared to before. So yeah, I think that is sort of a big part of, I don't know, just my overall satisfaction on like a day-to-day basis that I'm not coming home going, ah, oh, like, Today was so hard and I have no idea why and like I might not know for another month or two what's really going on in this situation and, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Did you ever envision yourself in tech like earlier on beforehand? Was it something No.
1: Not really. I mean, I dabbled in like, I think a lot of people in my generation had like a MySpace page where you had learned some cool HTML to make the background color. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah.
0: um, so
1: I, I you did were a, a hacker. Lot of you were a full
0: fledged hacker, <laughs> hacker, hacker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I had my aim profile that like, you know, now would basically look like a spam pop-up site with like little floating boxes moving around uh-huh. the screen and stuff. So, you know, there was a time when I was young that I had fun doing that kind of thing, but I don't think I ever really saw it as something that I was going to do professionally. Um, It always just sort of seemed like um, a hobby type of thing. Um, And I think I also felt like I wanted to work somewhere where I felt like I was making a positive difference in the world. And the company I'm working at now, I feel really good about the type of work that they're doing. And that feels great too, that I can still like be a positive contribution to society in some way, while also doing something that's like a little less high stakes and, you know, is, um, you know, just a different type of job, but um, yeah.
0: The, the journey I, well, I'll take a step back here. The, um, the identity of being one thing over another is such an interesting concept for me to think about. For me, I feel like I have had this core identity that's always stayed with me since I was a kid. And then I have this professional identity that comes along with where I work and what I do professionally. And I know thinking of like dentists or doctors or teachers that they are often very tightly connected to that identity, that professional identity. And as a result, it can tend to define their personal identity too, or they can go both directions. And it sounds to me, and and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that you didn't personally identify with your profession, that your profession was sort of a means to an end. So I'm curious if that's true for you, then how do you define your personal identity? What are you at your core and how is that playing a role in this career change that you've been going through?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting way to think about it. I mean, I think that there probably was a time earlier in my previous career where I was really excited about it. And I was, you know, pursuing, I was climbing the ladder and I went from working directly with the kids to being a supervisor and, you know, got this um, certification and everything like that. And, and then, yeah, I think it just kind of, the the enjoyment of that job slowly started going away and I felt less um, of that, like, this is who I am is like me, the behavior analysis, I worked in that field for so long I still always want to say analysis instead
0: of analyst. analysis Um, Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. But I think that um, the, like one of my core things that kind of has carried over between both is that I, I just love solving problems and like, Finding that like little aha moment or being the person that people come to when they're like, I've got this like little problem that I can't figure out. And so that's something that like, I absolutely love all kinds of, you know, puzzles and things like that is kind of what I do in my free time. I actually do competitive jigsaw puzzling and I like do the New York times crossword every day. And I'm just like a very like, let me figure out this puzzle type of person. So I think that, you know, when I think about myself being able to apply some of these skills that are like really satisfying and fulfilling to me, but just in a different way. And instead of like trying to solve people, I'm like trying to solve coding things. Um, I still get to retain some of the things that like, I really enjoy. And I, I would say that I think it's, it's been an interesting transition because I used to talk about work a lot more because it's just like things that people could relate to more where I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, there was this kid that like made a giant pyramid out of chairs and tables at school. And he was standing on top of them naked and yelling at everybody. And it was crazy. You know, like that's the kind of story that after a hard day at work, you can like talk about it. And when I'm like, I had this error message that I just couldn't make away. It's like not as interesting. So I find myself not talking about work as much and like connecting with people about other things that I have going on in my life. Um, But I still, I mean, and of course it's, you know, I'm still kind of in the honeymoon phase. I just was hired about three months ago, but I still like, while I'm at work, I'm very into it and engaged with it. I just sort of find that like, it's harder to make it be part of my core personality just because like, I don't know in, in the external, like way of talking about it's kind of boring, you know, like, I don't Mm -hmm. know how to talk about coding with other people yet. (laughs) Um, Don't worry. Neither
0: do I. It's okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you just get you just get pigeonholed into oh so you fix printers and you're like yeah I fix printers exactly you you make the internet work yeah that's exactly what I do no I yeah, that's interesting because it really makes me reflect on an e- experiences I've had which are similar that in a lot of ways it's helped me be more of who I am at my core and it really is a means to an end because what I heard you say a second ago there that I thought was interesting was just talking about in a lot of ways, that work-life balance piece that because you, your kind of core identity has always stayed the same, the desire to solve puzzles and tackle problems in that way. And that your profession or the career path you were on at different points in time was really serving that core need. But because that core need always stayed the same, it meant that you could transition between careers if you wanted to, as long as it was continuing to fulfill that core need. And it makes a lot of sense that you might go from here over to there, um, or to the path you're on right now. Mm -hmm. And be able to, in a way, use that as kind of a demarcation of who I am, because if I can transition from going down, you know, kind of behavioral analysis, and then into software and still stay who I am at a core, then it means that this is more so who I am. I am the problem solver, competitive, I need to know what competitive, did you say competitive puzzles? I don't even know what that means. Competitive puzzles. Isn't every puzzle competitive? I feel like I'm fighting against myself as I am a but yeah, I'm, yeah. This is basically
1: speed jigsaw puzzling. So you know, they everybody gets speed exactly jigsaw. the same puzzle. They start a timer, and then whoever gets it done first wins. So it's it's not as strategic, but um, you know, it. I'm also a very competitive person, <laughs> so that's um, uh, you know, I don't think that's as factored into to my work, but.
0: I wanted to ask about the advice you'd give to somebody who is considering making a change from one career path into software development, who may have no sort of association to software at all. They didn't do graphic design. They haven't done much with computers, but they've heard that software is a great career to get into, but they're really curious about or they're really worried and afraid of what am I going to do? How am I going to work through this? Do you have any advice for that type of person? Like the um, the things to consider, the things to work through, and how to think about making the change?
1: Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing is there are so many resources online in terms of um, Sort of trying out and just like getting a little bit of a feel for if this is something you're even interested in at all. Like, I think, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, let's talk about the advice you might give to somebody who is considering going through a career transition and for the sake of making it more dramatic and extreme, has never been associated with the world of tech and computers. They don't come from that industry. They've not uh, made websites in the past. They don't do graphic design, but they're coming from something very different. And in here, what are some of the things to think about, to factor in, to consider as they're going through that process of making that change?
1: Yeah, so I think that... Um One thing that I would recommend to anybody is just to check out some of the resources that are available for free online, um, just to kind of see what it's about and see if it's something that clicks with you or feels good for you. So um, I kind of started with a site called free code camp. There's another one called the Odin project, but both of those just kind of like hold your hand through some very beginning coding exercises and, for me, it was like, oh, I just want to keep doing more and keep doing more and keep learning more. And so it really like felt like a good fit. Um, and so that, you know, I think that would be my advice for like, well, what even is coding? Is this something that I could even do? I don't even know what that is. So that, that's kind of a nice way to get an introduction to it without having to make a huge commitment of any kind. Um, everyone's learning style is different. I do think that what's great about a boot camp is that it's uh, provides a lot of accountability and support. So it's like, you really have to show up every day and do the work every day. And I'm just not the kind of person who can teach myself that way. Um, so I will say in my boot camp, I saw people, um, from all different backgrounds and all different, you know, sort of, skill levels or previous careers, who, you know, ultimately, by the end of the boot camp, different people were in different places, of course, but like, everybody had learned some core skills. And, you know, I think that it's, I I would say that you can't expect to be to know everything by the end of a three month boot camp. I mean, there is a finite number of hours in the day. But if you're, if you're, willing to make a commitment to it and kind of like put in the work and go a, a little above and beyond in terms of you know reading over your notes and studying and like spending some time at the end of the day to practice and and like those are things that I did during the boot camp that I think really helped me as well um but I you know I don't know I, I'm I'm me so I can't put myself in other people's shoes but I feel like it definitely is doable for people who don't come from a techie background. Um, but I do think that it's very worthwhile to, you know, see if you like coding a little bit before jumping in. Um, and there's plenty of free, you know, non-committal kind of ways to do that too, to kind of just get your feet wet and see what you think about it.
0: Well with that let's wrap up Renita thank you so much for your time and telling us about your journey into this path or into this career from a completely different path uh, I think it uh, the levels of determination and commitment to make that type of change is one that we have to all honor And I appreciate you for doing it. I think you're going to help make the industry better simply because you can bring all these other skills from this other career into this one, as well as enlighten us with your your speed puzzling, puzzle speeding, (laughs) contesting. (laughs) Well, excellent. Well, thank you again. Thank you very much. And uh, to all of you listening, if you have... Uh, or are more curious with some of the other journeys that other students have taken coming from things totally outside of tech, uh, please take a look and listen through our other series on this exact same topic. So thank you so very much. And thank you, Renita.
1: All right. Thank you, Adam.